Welcome back to the Move, Eat and Re-Energize podcast show, where we sit down and have conversations with interesting and inspiring legends about mindset, movement, nutrition, and bringing more energy into your day. Today, I catch up with Amali Pierce, who is a nutritionist, a trainer through Kanga Training, and a lover of running. However, after Amali had her first child with her partner, Jason, she had some difficulty, difficulties coming back into running, the activity she loved so much. So much so, she couldn't even stand up without paying herself. So... Today, Amali shares a whole story which is super inspiring and just to get the word out about how peeing yourself is common, but it's not normal and there is help out there to help you overcome it. So let's get into this chat with Amali. All right, welcome everyone back to the Movie Re-Energize show and today I'm here with Amali and we're going to talk about getting into running and then the pelvic floor issue she had when she started doing it. But first, Amali, do you want to tell us a little bit about you and what it is you do? Yeah, of course. I actually, um, I do a lot of things. I, um, I run postnatal fitness classes for mums and dads. I teach baby and child first aid courses. And I run my own nutrition business, so specialising in early childhood nutrition and pre-postnatal nutrition and postmenopausal nutrition. So lots and lots of things on the go. Yeah, awesome. All right, so let's get into – you started running with Greg, wasn't it? Uh, I actually – I've always been a runner. Yep. Um, so I – since I can remember, um, I've been running and I love running. Um, and I had done a few – like pre-peak pregnancy, I'd done a few half marathons. Um, a lot of like 10 kilometer distances, uh, but I just love to run on weekends. So sometimes I just go out and hit the pavement and run, you know, at 15 k's just for the fun of it. I didn't really have a training plan or anything. Um, I would just run. But then when I had my little one, I um, wanted to go back to running. And I had heard, you know, I was online, there's kind of some big running groups on Facebook and stuff and full of women who are mums who run and I'd heard a lot about mums going you know just um just jump back into it just run you know I'm three weeks postpartum and I saw um I found that I was six weeks postpartum I got okay by my obstetrician to exercise um, and I started running and it didn't feel really good so I looked around for a trainer. Um, I didn't really like the idea of running at a club. Like I had this idea of like a pack of really fit people running around. Um, and that really wasn't me even like pre-baby. But I found Greg who um, specialised in running coaching. And that's how I met him. Yeah, awesome. And so yeah. what, like you said, you got the clear um, six weeks postpartum from the yeah. doctor to go run him. Yeah. And then you started, yep. started feeling weird and you found Greg. So what yep. was the first things that you started asking with Greg to try and make it easier yeah. for the running? Yeah, well, let me take you, take you back a little bit as to what was feeling weird. Yeah. Um, 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 Sorry, Miles, you're breaking uh, up a bit there. Kind of maybe some um, some clues to people if, if they're feeling the same thing. So I um, I couldn't 
I couldn't stand up without weeing, ever. Oh, sorry, I'm, for everybody listening, hello, can you hear me? Hey, hey, you still there? Hi, good, I'm here, can you hear me? Yes, yes. Yes, sorry. Um, so when I was six weeks postpartum, I um, did a really, really big walk, and it felt, um, people had always said to me, look out, when your pelvic floor is damaged, it might feel really heavy, and I didn't feel any heaviness. But what I did feel, and what was really funny, is I had, I had, I felt kind of almost a looseness, um, and I felt this pre, pre-baby as well when I used to do a lot of weight. Yeah, um, okay, yep. Yeah, I didn't have any, but I didn't know that what I was feeling was pelvic floor weakness pre-pregnancy. Yeah. And I always felt that since, uh, since, um, starting going to the gym when I was in my late teens, I had always kind of felt this, like, kind of, yeah, it's hard to describe, especially to a bloke, but like a looseness down there and kind of a lack of control. Um, I just didn't know how to engage my pelvic floor. And when I was pregnant, I was doing a lot of Kegels and I had a Kegel trainer. And, you know, they always say it's like just stopping the flow of urine and I was able to do that. Um, and I thought I was practicing my Kegels. And then after I'd had Maddie, I kind of kept doing that. Um, and I remember being told by a physio, make sure you lie down to rest your pelvic floor. And I'd been sitting around at home on my bum kind of going, well, I'm resting, not realizing that your pelvic floor is only ever at rest when you lie down, yeah. not at rest when you sit. Um, and I didn't know that. And then I'd been going on these really long walks and I, um, I'd had urgency with my wee, which I knew was normal after having a baby. Um, but I, it wasn't until I went on this really big, long walk and I was lifting Maddie's capsule into the car and I felt my pelvic floor, I assume that's what it was, give way and I peed myself. And from that point, I couldn't stand up without peeing myself. Um, and so the thought of being able to run, which was something that I found really freeing physically and mentally, um, while having this problem was really daunting. Um, yeah. And I, How long yeah, did that last I, for? Um, I still have problems sometimes when I run, and I'm maybe two and a half now. Um, and it's not just we. Yeah, uh, yeah. Let me just say that. We. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, it, and a lot of people think that um, people don't talk about it enough. No. Um, I, I, my obstetrician told me it was normal at six weeks. At 12 weeks when I saw him, he told me it was still normal. I literally could not stand upright without peeing myself. Um, and it didn't matter how full my bladder was, whatever was in it would come out. Yeah, and, right. Yeah. And it wasn't until 12 weeks, um, I'd started doing the single Kanga training, which is pretty much you strap your baby to you in a baby carrier and it's like Zumba. Yep. Um, with babies, and they talked a lot about women's health physios there, and I didn't know what a women's health physio was. I'd never heard of one. Um, and at 12 weeks, when my obstetrician was still telling me it was normal, um, and I thought, I can't live my life like this, I thought, maybe I'll go and see one of these people that are a women's health physio. And the sad thing is, my obstetrician had not even examined me down there, but I'd had a GP examine me down there and say nothing, 
And it wasn't until I got to this woman's health physio that she said, you've got a bowel prolapse. Yeah, well. Um, yeah. Um, super fit, super healthy. I'd done all my Kegels. I'd been going to the gym two days up until I had my little one doing weights, doing RPM classes still. Um, I thought I'd put myself in the best position. And um, turns out I have this bowel prolapse, which is not my bowel coming out, my bum hole <laughs> but my bowel <laughs> prolapsing into my vagina and making the wall bulge down and out um, and what that means as well for me is that when my bladder's full it irritates my bowel yeah it, and that's permanent yes that's yeah that's a good point to bring up like the, this stuff doesn't get talked about enough and in a much, as much no. detail so Pete no. yeah so what was yeah. when you saw the women, women's health physio what was the process straight after that? What was the beginning of the journey back? Yeah, yeah. So they, um, I started running with Greg a little bit already um, at around how old, maybe it was about eight weeks old. So I'd kind of been struggling with it on and off. Um, and I went to the physio and they okayed me to run, but they okayed like set distances and taught me um, how to identify when my pelvic floor was when I was losing strength in it. Yep. Um, they also, the really interesting thing they said to me was that they see it all the time with women who were really fit pre pregnancy. So, a risk factor for a pelvic organ prolapse is being fit pre pregnancy. Um, because your pelvic, unless you've trained your pelvic floor and can relax, Often women who are fit are used to, we're used to engaging our abdominal, over-engaging our abdominals, which pushes down on our pelvic floor. Um, so when we exercise, we're over-engaging our abdominals, we're weakening our pelvic floor. Um, over, and over time, it just weakens and weakens and weakens if we're not training it to lift it up when we exercise. Um, so they trained me to scoop my pelvic floor up and one of the interesting things they said to me about running was don't engage your abdominals. Yeah, wow. Um, your, your body will naturally engage your abdominals to where they need to be. Um, I mean, obviously, if you've got someone who has no idea how to brace their abdominals, they might need some coaching. But the woman's health physio said to me, I needed to practice relaxing my pelvic floor because I was turning it on at the start of the day and wasn't turning it off when I needed to turn it off. Yep. Um, so it was weakening itself, um, and I was I was one of those women who just always, from years of group fitness, pulled my abdominals in all the time, um, and so I had to stop doing that. Um, and so that was a lot of retraining for me, um, especially running. I was really used to bracing my abdominals. They say brace your abdominals, stick back. Um, So I face my like You still there? Miles? Yeah, I'm here. I'm here. <laughs> yes, can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm on just, the freeway. It just cut out a little bit when you were talking about um how you you when you start used to run, you braced your abdominals. Yep. Yeah, so you really I had to it was a lot of retraining for me to stop um to stop thinking about that and to kind of think about lifting my pelvic floor up. And so at first I could only run even sometimes 500 metres to a 
kilometre um, before I would just feel my pelvic floor go. Um, and I would just feel it. I wouldn't be able to physically, like mentally kind of pull it up anymore. And it would just go, like, I just couldn't do it. And so that to me was an indication I'd start listening to my body and actually not stop running at that point. Um, which was really hard if you're out and about and you've gone on this run. And it, there was no kind of rhyme to reason. Sometimes I could run five kilometres and sometimes I could run one kilometre. Yeah, right. And did so, you feel like... Um... Did you feel like it was based on your day stress levels, I guess? Like yeah. how much control yeah. you could have? Absolutely. It was based on my um, hydration levels. If, yep. I was, uh, if I was dehydrated, I wouldn't have had a bowel motion, so my bowel would be full, um, and that would be irritating my bladder as well as, um, I think the first damage is on my rectum, so I don't get the messages all the time until it's really urgent. And yep. so sometimes when I was running, I would, I would avoid like my bowels as well, which is hugely embarrassing <laughs> when you're out running. Um, and so, it, yeah, absolutely. Hydration, stress, sleep, um, and bowel motions. Uh, fiber, like my diet was really important. How much fiber I eat. Yeah, um, that would make a huge difference. Yeah, yeah, as a new mum, you've got to kind of grab food when you can. You don't always get to sit down for meals. No. And you don't always grab the best things. And so um, for me, I had to be really mindful of making sure I was getting all this fibre so that my bowel motions are normal so that I could actually go and physically exercise. Because if I, I know that if I've not been to the toilet in at least a day, I can't run. Yeah, okay. Yep, yep. Yeah, yep. And that took a long time to learn very frustrating because someone used to just go hit the pavement and be like, oh, I just, I just, and just run so I feel like not running anymore. It was really hard to suddenly only be able to do a kilometre and to do two kilometres. Um, yeah. My, my, yeah. My goal for my first 12 months postpartum was to run a half marathon again, um, 12 months from when I had Maddie. And towards the end of that 12 months, I had to really reassess and kind of, to myself and say, well, realistically, I'm not going to run a half marathon. So in the second year, after having Maddie, my goal was to run the Marysville 10K, yeah. which is still really challenging because it's um, half a kilometre, um, 500 metres of incline every kilometre. Yeah, it's pretty brutal, that run. Yeah, yeah, it's amazing. I've done the half marathon there the year before I had Maddie. Yeah. Um, and I've done um, a 10 kilometre there before as well. And I've done the Sydney half marathon as well. And um, so for me, the 10, I wanted to do a challenging run. Um, but yeah, I needed, I needed to um, really look at my training. And Greg helped, helped me with my training um, with all my inconsistencies. He was really good. Um, and put together a training plan for me. Um, but what really helped us as well was I saw my women's health physio again. And they fitted me with what's called a pessary. I don't know if you've heard of a pessary before. No, I, no? I it's ringing a bell, but I can't, I can't yeah. picture it. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Well, they come in all shapes and sizes. So they, um, a pessary is like um, it is inserted like a tampon, and it holds your pelvic floor up. Yeah. Okay. So, cool. Yeah, yeah, and they come in all shapes and sizes. And for me, because I have absolutely no control down there. I had to have what's called like a, imagine a square, 
side of the square is concave. And so what yep. it does is it sucks, sucks on to every single wall um, and absorbs the shock. So it does it acts like my pelvic floor should. Huh. That's um, super yeah. cool. Yeah, yeah. So there's different sizes. You've got to get fitted by a woman's health physio. Um, and they'll give you the right shape. Under like rings and all sorts of things. Um, and I found I needed a bigger one when Maddie, like in the first 18 months, and then um, after that, I needed to kind of downgrade a size as I got more control. Um, and I have, I have to wear that for any form of impact exercise or in, even weights and stuff like that. Um, helps, I was able to kind of double my, I can. With my accessory, and I can lift twice, but I can without it. That's um, cool. That's really yeah, good. yeah. So, yeah, so squats. Um, I couldn't do a wide squat at all without help having my pelvic um, floor bulge. Um, and so I wear that if I'm going to do weight training or if I'm going to go for a run. Um, and so that I could feel that in the first kilometer of doing the Marysville 10k last November. I could feel that already absorbing all the impact. I wouldn't have even made it through the first kilometer without it. Yeah, so, wow. Yeah, so that's probably what massively that and Greg's support and perseverance with being able to change my running schedule um, based on my kind of, you know, my um, contrariness of my kind of bowel motions um, is what really, really helped me get through that. So my next kind of goal is to do a half I want to do another 10k um and I want to do another half I want to do a half marathon but obviously not within that first 12 months but the day I finish that half marathon is going to feel absolutely amazing that was one thing one thing I wanted to do after having my little one yeah that I thought I would never be able to do it's pretty it's like it's super amazing so when you did when you go running do you find yep. like when you go into a certain zone in your heart rate that it's harder to control your pelvic floor versus being in a lower heart rate? Like, do you find if you no. get to say like ninety percent, it's harder, or pretty much the same no matter what it is? Um, I actually find to run slower is harder. Yeah. Okay. Um, and to run faster, so probably not as much related to heart rate, but I find if I run faster, because Greg's always telling me to slow down. He's a big fan. I love to run slow to go faster, but I really struggle to run slower and keep control of my pelvic floor. I feel like if I run slower, there's more impact. Yeah, okay. And that translates to my pelvic floor. And I've also experimented with running styles as well. Um, my women's health physio and my podiatrist both recommend a heel to toe. Yep, yep, yep. Um, I've been told by someone else that it's a running, um, four foot running, they were, they were said that four foot running was better for your pelvic floor because then you absorb the shock through your legs rather than translating into your pelvic floor. Yep. Um, but in, in reality, I found heel to toe a lot, I can go a lot further. Yeah, um, okay. Yeah. Yeah, it's sort of, yeah. when, um, I got taken through the running screen as well. I used to be a four foot runner and then they switched me back to heel to toe for my long distance and yep. I could go further as well. Yeah. So yep. It's super interesting. So with the, sorry, what was the thing called that you used? 
three. Yeah, right. So was it kind of interesting when you had the really like the, the bigger one and then you got to the smaller one? Is it good to sort of have that progression and you're sort of seeing, seeing it as like, yeah. I'm getting better, I'm getting stronger? Yes, absolutely. I was really surprised. I didn't realise I needed to change, but I was struggling to get the pizzeria to stay in. And so I called my women's health physio. I'd seen her in a few months and I went in and she said it's because um, I've got a lot more control. I Interestingly, I stopped breastfeeding. So when you're breastfeeding, your estrogen um, levels are such that you, um, they're not, um, the how do I explain it, the wall. The walls are not as elastic as they could be. Yep. And they're kind of all saggy when you don't have estrogen down there. And when you're breastfeeding, all your estrogen's up in your boobs rather than down there. And the same happens when women are postmenopausal as well. Um, and so once I stopped breastfeeding, I saw a huge improvement in my prolapse. Um, yeah. But it is a sign that when I go through menopause that I'll have, a return to that um i'll have a bit of problem like my pelvic floor will get worse again yep um and so and i find that as a nutritionist a lot of older women that i see um don't want to drink water um because they don't have control of their pelvic floor and their bladders as much um and so i see that on the nutritional side as well as a kind of alarm bell for pelvic floor yeah and so, okay yep yep yeah and so um they did suggest that I could try like an estrogen cream, but with I've got a family history of cancer, so my GP wouldn't uh, prescribe that for me. Because they said well, it was kind of a cream that might help to get some improvements in my pelvic floor. But I saw, yeah, over time, I saw a huge change when I stopped breastfeeding, but also I'd been doing the right pelvic floor exercises and I wasn't pushing myself past where I was getting alarm bells. Yeah. Um, but I had to learn what an alarm bell was because I had no idea. And once I learned, I realized I'd actually had a weak pelvic floor pre-pregnancy. Um, yeah. So like you could sort of look back and go, ah, yeah. the alarm yeah, bells started yeah. going off from way before. Yeah. Like I wish I'd known. I wish I'd done been to see one's health physio and just had my pelvic floor looked at because it's so much more important than my abdominals. And you tend to, as a woman, when you brace your abdominals, you push down on your pelvic floor and we tend to, and then it acts as a kind of a crutch, you know, like when you do, um, like when you recruit, it's like you recruit the wrong muscles. Yes. So when yep, you do yep. any other pelvic exercise and you kind of, your body wants to make it easy on you, so you recruit the wrong muscles and you rely on that instead of building the actual muscles that you want to build, your pelvic floor and your abdominals act kind of like that. If you keep recruiting your abdominals, like they're meant to work together but if your abdominals kind of take precedence, then your pelvic floor doesn't really become a bit dysfunctional and is like lazy. So, yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. So, what do you what, what's the the daily practice or weekly practice you're doing now for your pelvic floor so you can still train and run? Yeah. Yeah. So the big ticket items for me are, like I mentioned before, drinking water. Um, fiber, um, so chia seeds are kind of, I mean, obviously fruit and vegetables um, and grains, but I add chia seeds to almost everything because a tablespoon of chia seeds um, adds a third of your daily um, fiber intake. Yep. Um, and so that's massive. Um, I make sure I, it's horrible, I do it, what my physio
vehicle the time to sit. So you have to sit on the toilet for 20 minutes at the same time every morning um, and try to, like, not force it, but try to get back in the habit of actually going to the toilet in the morning. Um, and then just, I don't put any expectations on my run. So yeah. I'll just hit the paper and try to kind of, in my mind, I like to at least run a kilometre, but I'll listen to my body. If it's going to play up, it, for me, it usually plays up at about the one and a half kilometre point. Um, so I make sure I run along the surf, past the Surf Life Saving Club, which has a toilet. So, um, and that's at about the 1.5 kilometre mark. So I'll go to the toilet there if I need to, and then I can usually keep running. Um, yeah, cool. But I just, yeah. If I feel anything, I just stop, and I don't beat myself up about it. Yeah, so you sort of let go of expectations of getting yeah. a certain amount or whatever. It's more yeah. about doing it because you enjoy it and it's about yeah. feeling good while doing it. It's not pushing past yeah. that barrier. Correct. Yeah, that's Absolutely. awesome. Yeah. All right, yeah. so I'm gonna, we'll come, I reckon we'll do a follow-up to this because this is going to be a big topic, I think, and people, there's a lot sure. of people I know that don't talk about it. So if you want yeah. like passing on a message to people, what should they yeah. do if they have these kind of, Issues at the moment. Yeah. If, well, if you've got any issues, I would recommend seeing a woman's health physio just to find out what the function of your pelvic floor is, um, exercises to improve it, um, and whether or not you need any help, like a pessary. It's not always about having surgery. Most physios will try and avoid surgery. Um, if you're thinking of having a baby, it, um, go and see a woman's health physio first um, so they can help you with your uh, pelvic floor and get it where it needs to be so you can have a... Um, uh, at least assisted birth that you can. Forceps had a big part to play and why I've got a lot of damage. Um, yeah, same with Kata. Yeah. And if you've had a baby, um, absolutely 100% go and see a woman's health physio, even if you're having no issues. Um, and even if you had a cesarean, because I've got a friend of mine had um, a cesarean and always laughed at me, and we went to a trampoline park and she pissed herself. So just as and it's a good point like you said before too like even if you are super fit when you think i don't need to go because i've i'm strong my core yeah. strength is fine i can do blah go yeah. anyway and get the assessment because the assessments are a massive yeah. eye-opener for most people absolutely and i paid out the teeth for our obstetrician and he didn't even physically examine me so i just think a woman's health video that's all they do um, and for some women, I had a woman come to Kanga training recently. Um, she couldn't engage her pelvic floor and it was a flip disc in her back. So they put it back in and she could engage her pelvic floor after that. Yeah, well. So it could be anything. Yeah. So it's not always going to be terrible, um, but there's always improvement and things that they can help you to do. Um, so if you're struggling, get help um, and be the best that you can be. Yeah, exactly. And then they will guide you through the journey. Like there's some really good um, women's health physios in Aubrey because a lot of the listeners are Aubrey people. Back on track, yep. you've got one, two, three, maybe even more women's health physios there and they are great at what they do. Yeah, awesome. So it's worth going to check yeah. out. And if, anywhere it is, like just Google women's health physio and they will all pop up. Yeah. And Absolutely. don't rely on like not being in a negative way, but relying on let's yeah. say like midwives or obstetrician and things like that to tell you yep. to do these things is probably not going to happen because it didn't happen for us either. Yep. It's just not talked about. So like you said, go find, seek out women's health now 
Google it this week and go see someone and then you can get scanned and you know, no more question marks. Absolutely. They'll do, and um, a lot of them will do an internal exam. It's not, it doesn't sound nice, but it's not as bad as pap smear. Um, It doesn't hurt or anything. And um, some of them will have an ultrasound machine where they can actually see the time it takes for you to engage your pelvic floor and the time it takes for you to release your pelvic floor. Because that's the biggest one. If you were fit pre-pregnancy, you're probably very slow to release. Um, and it often takes twice long. If you're doing a test, you want to release for 20 seconds. Yeah, cool. So, yeah. Cool. I didn't realize that I'm, I could just keep talking all day. <laughs> no, I reckon we'll do a follow-up to this because it's pretty awesome. But if someone yeah. wanted to reach out to you and talk to you about this stuff more because you've got a depth yeah. of knowledge with it, how can they find you? Uh, they can find me online um, at Lifespan Nutrition CTY LTD on Facebook. So it's just at Lifespan Nutrition. Um, you'll know it's me because there's a picture of a kiwi fruit. Um, otherwise, I can be contacted through... Um, my Kanga training page, which is Kanga Training Kingston and Surrounds, which is in Melbourne. Um, and a really good resource is Kanga Training Australia. So we're all really, really focused on women's health um, and rehabbing after birth and helping you to move on to do the exercise that you want to do. So those are the two places where people can find me. Awesome. And like I'll put them all in the show notes so people can reach out too if they've got questions. And then we might throw out, like, if people have got questions as well, we could do it in the follow-up and answer them. That was yeah, awesome. Cool. That was really cool. <laughs> Did it feel cool. all right doing it? Hey guys, I just wanted to jump in here quickly and say that even though we finished the show there, Amalie and I stayed on the phone and chatted some more afterwards and there was so much gold in the chat that we had afterwards. I'm just going to add it into the podcast. So keep listening. We go a bit random, like we talk about some people we've worked with and things like that, but the information in this last little bit is also golden. So I wanted to add it in. So keep listening and take in all the nuggets. Yeah, yeah. Are we still recording? Yeah, no, I can edit it all yeah. out. That's all good. Oh, cool. Excellent. Yeah, yeah. I love to talk about myself. I do Facebook Lives all the time. And, oh, um, cool. I'll put that really, in the show notes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm really passionate about making sure that um, women get um, get the, get help. So many women just think that they can spring back in. And pages like, um, I think it's Running Mums Australia, don't do any favours for it because you'll get mums all over there going, yeah, just do it at like three weeks postpartum. Yeah. Um, and I've done it and I've got no issues. Um, and I always say, um, I think the statistics of how many women have a prolapse are actually horrific. Like 80% of women have some form of prolapse post-birth. Um, but a lot of women, it's a high prolapse, so they won't feel it. And it often doesn't rear its head until um, menopause. Yeah. So it's friggin' nuts now. And they do not oh. put the info out there. That's what shits me the no. most. Correct. And weaning yourself is common. It is never normal. I had a, um, a group fitness instructor tell post-pregnancy tell me to wear black pants just in case I pissed myself so no one would see it. And really? She it's really cool. Yeah, she told me it was normal because um, I really struggled because um, I went back to the gym at eight, eight weeks as well and I just couldn't understand why I couldn't do anything. Um and I just shudder to think of all the damage that I did to myself before I saw the woman's health physio. It's super hard. Like even with the girls I train online, the one of them come in would have been one of Kat's friends three weeks post-pregnancy. Yep. And she wanted coaching. I'm like, yeah, cool. This sounds good. Let's do it. And she wanted to get into running straight away. 
<laughs> and I was like, no. I was like, just go yeah. for little walks and go by feel, but go see a women's yeah. health video. Yeah. And it turns yeah. out yeah. she was, that was the thing. She need, she had no pelvic control. So it was super yeah. lucky that she did. Cause last, the, after the first one, she went back running yeah. within a month. So this is oh, the second and that's, Yeah. And that's probably what did a lot of damage. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I find, and people get really angry about it. Um, I mean, I got angry. I was really angry that the, um, that no one had told me any of this information and that um, my obstetrician hadn't had more care to tell me about this. And what I didn't realize, I had a stage three episiotomy. Um, and until I did my training to be a Kanga trainer, even after seeing a physio and everything, I didn't realize that a stage three and a stage four episiotomy is permanent muscle damage because it severs, it cuts through mus the muscles of your um, vagina wall. Yeah. Um, and I so didn't a one and a two. Yeah, well. Yeah, so it's. Yeah, a one and a two is superficial. Um, a three and a four is um, permanent muscle, like the muscle's been sheared. Um, I'll, I'll have to ask Caddy because yeah. Theo was a monster head. Yeah. I can't remember yeah. what they said. I can't remember anymore. They, they did say. Yeah. Yep. And so you'll, and you'll find there's also other um, issues down there as well where the muscle can separate from the, to the bone, like come off as well which um can also add um problems as well um and I, what i didn't realize too was women that have um even if you don't have any pelvic floor weakness a lot of women that have dram uh, so you know um separation of the abdominal muscles that rebuilding your pelvic floor is what will bring that back together um but sometimes women that have dram will also need their muscles at the side um side release as well because sometimes they're too tight and that's why the um, abdominals are not coming together at the front. Yeah, right. And so, yeah, I get a lot of mums all the time say, what do I do to get my, um, bring my separation back together? And it is pelvic floor um, exercises will help to bring that back together. So, that's super cool. I'm actually going to edit this and put it back in the, this into the podcast too. <laughs> yeah, cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just, I love talking about it and people just aren't aware um, and I spend a lot of time um, Talking. And I know that a lot of a lot of PTs, a lot of PTs where I live, um, have done. I know that when you do your the PT like step three and four, there's not a huge amount of um, women's health like health, unless you've got that years of experience um, and you you just they're not aware of it. So no, it's my one had yeah. none at all. Yeah, just told you that it's be aware of it, but that's all they said. Yeah. I went and did a yeah. course with, um, you know, Jessie Mundell from America. Yeah, yeah. yeah I went yep. and did her course. Amazing. Yeah. Yep. But I did yeah. her and course unless, probably yeah. five years ago, I think. Yep. There's some new Australian-based courses, um, which uh, Jessie Mundell hates baby wearing after post-birth, um, which is the only thing I would say about her. As long as you do baby wearing safely, um, then you can baby wear. Um but not every trainer that uses baby wearing in a, in a postnatal workout will be safe. Um, we do at Kanga Training, we're heavily, um, we've got a, huge, a lot of instructions about what we're allowed to do and what we're not allowed to do and what carriers we're allowed to use and what we're not allowed to use. Um, and so, and Jesse Mandela doesn't like um, yeah, baby wearing. But yeah. there's some good daily and stuff. Um, there's a new course. I think around pelvic floor that only came out a few months ago um, in Australia for fitness instructors, which is 
pretty cool. But yeah, yeah, it's really under, and I mean, it's something that even women, if you're never even going to have babies, um, don't neglect your pelvic floor because when you get those changes in estrogen at um, when you hit menopause, you'll have all the same, a lot of the same effects as a woman who's just had a baby. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. All right, thank you again for listening to the Move, Eat and Re-Energize podcast show. If you want to talk to Amalie and find her on social media, go to Lifespan Nutrition and Kanga Training Kingston and Surrounds and shoot her a message and she'll answer any questions you have. Um, we're going to get her back on the phone to do another interview because we only had a short amount of time this time. So if you've got any questions, from to me, send me all the messages you have. But the most important thing I think everyone should get out of this um, chat is even before pregnancy, during afterwards go see a women's health physio if you're in Aubrey back on track is the place I send everybody you guys just need to know that it's completely cool they are really helpful and it will make the journey so much better for you so you can get back to doing the things you love doing so thanks again for listening tune in next week where I'm going to share how I overcome my alcoholism back in 2012 and the tools I used to get past it so looking forward to talking to you about it all see you